Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another Rahalastapa with the amazing Rosie Jones. If you like these podcasts, why not head to rahalastapa.co.uk. You can join in with lots of fun, see stuff about the podcast. And if you become a member, get loads of extras, including behind the scenes videos, extra interviews backstage and my live stand-up shows and lots of other extras as well. It's a lot of fun. Uh, go to richhang.com slash gigs if you want to find out where I'm coming to do my show. Uh, I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe all through August. Do come and see those. There's guests coming in. Tony Slattery is going to be doing Edinburgh. Uh, Lucy Beaumont all sorts of people and there's still some gigs before Edinburgh that you can enjoy. Go to richtaring.com slash gigs and you can find out exactly what those are. Now let's sit back, relax and enjoy Rahala Sturpa with Rosie Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man whose second job is testing microphones. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> I feel like I've done a long podcast already this week, and this and I haven't because it's this is the first one. So it's the first one this week. So um, welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Lulu Sings Top Loader podcast. It's um, but he's new. We moved in a new direction with the podcast. We're getting Lulu on every week. She's going to sing a different Top Loader song. This week she's singing uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. Uh, it's always a different song by the disappointing band of cocks. Uh, so, um, but, uh, 
I was talking to uh, Top Loader uh, the other day. They still, they still call it Rich Chang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Because they haven't... Get with, no, get with the times. That's not what it's called. Anyway, but Lulu calls it Rehella Stepper. So it's going it's to be fine. So, good. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm wearing uh, suit trousers today. They're not, they're not the suit. I can't... I've, at the beginning of this series, I said I was quite fat at the beginning of this series. I was pretty fat. I mean, I'm pretty fat now, sir. So you don't need to shout. You don't need to heckle me. Uh, I've lost 20 pounds in weight this year so far. Uh, not during, thank you. No, don't patronise me. Uh, and uh, I went, I said I would try and wear the suit I wore about five, six years ago in the podcast, my nice suits that I bought when I was thin. I tried them on at the weekend. I can actually get the trousers of the suits on. I can't get the, the well, I can get the jackets on. It's not that bad, but they don't, they don't close up properly. So maybe in the three weeks we have left, that will happen. Uh, these are just another pair of uh, trousers that I found when I was looking at my suits that... Uh, this one's too big for me. That's why I'm not wearing the jacket. So life's very confusing for me. Hope you're enjoying this. Uh, I eat steak for breakfast. We were talking about it backstage. I'm eating more food than I've ever eaten in my life. I'll tell you how it's done, madam, after the show. It's my secret. So anyway, let's crack on. Uh, my guest this week uh, is probably best known. I mean, to be honest, he's got about six fucking credits. So this was, this was pretty hard. It's already best known as Christine White on The Doctors, The Daytime Soap. You want to watch that? No, you got a job? Yeah, okay. It's a very, very long-running, very popular uh, soap opera. Will you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rosie Jones! Rosie Jones! Welcome. Come in. Sit down. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm delighted yeah. to hear it. I'm uh, glad you mentioned doctors. Yeah. My <laughs> I feel like you're not a true actor until you do doctors. It's true. It used to be the bill, and now it's doctors. How was Christy? What's Christine um, White? She's a bit of a loser. Oh, no. Yeah, a bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she basically didn't have a personality. Okay. <laughs> she was just there to facilitate her boyfriend, which I feel... Is what women are here for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we must check it out. We'll see it, I'm Um, sure, at some point. But it was funny because um, we got a little document about our characters and at the bottom, for us as actors... We had another actor's photo <laughs> to like imagine how to play the role. Right. Um, so like my mother, her photo was Alison's dead mum. Right. So they were like... Right, think like Alison. And I looked at my page and it said, 
had to think of Rosie Jones. <laughs> 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 I think I can do <laughs> Yeah, I think that might have been confusing yeah. for me. Well, that's, well, that's yeah. hard if you have to think yeah. of being like yourself when you're acting somebody else. That could send you but, into all kinds of spirals. But basically, the writer was like, we need someone disabled. <laughs> yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, sadly, you've got, got you've almost got it sewn up. The disabled acting. I know, and it's my main name to get rid of all of the disabled. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with playing disabled parts is that a lot of able-bodied people also play those yeah. parts as well. So you've got to get rid of them too. Yeah, that's the, that's how you win. You won't win an Oscar yeah, for playing a disabled right. person. No, after this podcast, I'm going round and I'm going to kill Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Go on. So you are quite, you're quite a new comedian. You've, you've got a, you've got a meteoric rise, really. You're doing very well. Um, yeah, I started doing... Stand up two years ago. Wow. So this is mental. <laughs> <laughs> but you've all, you know, you're on TV already. You've been yeah. doing, you were playing Wembley the other day. Yeah, I saw on Twitter. I am a big deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never played Wembley. Yeah. I mean, that was mental. But I was so, like, in my own head, I forgot to say hello, Wembley. Oh. So I need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, yeah, insane. What was the gig for the... Was the comic comic relief. relief. Yeah. Because I'm a great person. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for the charity. <laughs> um, so it had a great line-up, like, Rachel Howard, John Bishop, Helen Carr, and... Me, <laughs> um, and it because Lenny Henry wanted to promote new talent, yeah. so I know that I was so small <laughs> compared to everyone else, but just to be given that opportunity was. Insane. Yeah. Well, I hear you smashed it. That's what everyone was saying. I mean, standing ovation. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, But that was, yeah, really great. It was fantastic. So, what you were before you were working back, sort of behind the scenes in yeah, TV? Yeah, so I worked as a TV researcher for six years. And I worked on panel shows. Um, and I was writing jokes. And my, one of my first writing jobs 
was um, I wrote a joke for Jimmy Carr and they said it on 8 out of 10 cats and to hear him say my words was incredible. But then I was like, he said it wrong. (laughs) 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 I can do it better. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) Um, So it just made me go, wait a minute, I could do that. And then I could work a lot less for a lot more money. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> the people so you see on TV great. aren't working as hard as the people backstage at TV. That is definitely the case. <laughs> so, I mean, were you, were you concerned, though, about... Do, I mean, do, did people try to say that's not a good idea? Were you worried that, like, doing stand-up... It's a, it's, there are obviously other comedians with cerebral palsy... Yeah, ..who have yeah. made that work um, very well. Uh, it's funny because I wanted to start stand-up for years, but I thought, I can't be a comedian because, because I speak so slowly, everyone's going to get to what I'm going <laughs> to... Say, <laughs> um, but then I um, I watched a Netflix show about Tignataro, who was an able-bodied stand-up comedian, but her style is very slow and drawn out and. She makes everyone hang up every word. And that's a very conscious decision for her. So it made me think, even though I can't control my speed, all I need to do is own it. And sure, people can guess my punchline, but nine times out of ten, they'll be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've second thought it, and actually it's me saying, yeah, I'm slow. Yeah, I take my time, but fuck you. Because <laughs> I can out-quick with any of you dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, it's a very good point, because a lot of comedians start... I, I talk very fast in stand-up, just because I have... Usually it's because I've done an Edinburgh show and I've got to get... 90 minutes material into 60 minutes yeah so I've, I've, I've got this very rapid style but a lot yeah. of comedians start very fast yeah and actually it's not really no, the right thing to no. do because it's because it is exactly that you seem 
if you go slowly, then people go, oh, yeah. this, this person's in control. What yeah. are they going to say? It's very And actually, for me, it's a lot about confidence. So if I know I'm funny, if I'm confident that my punchline will be worth the work, yeah. it makes them go, oh, it's cheating control. We're okay. Yeah. I don't like it because it means you don't have to write as many jokes as I do. Yeah. So, that's, that's, so I don't yeah. find that fair. True. <laughs> um, I, I had a competition with my friend last year in Edinburgh and I said, I bet you write a lot more pages than me. And for our show, she wrote 28 pages. Seven. (laughs) Seven. That's it. I had two jokes. (laughs) But they were great jokes. (laughs) So I saw you on the on the, the last leg, yes. which is a, again a show you yes. used to work behind the scenes. Yes, on. so that's that's also crazy because it was my job as a researcher to write the biogs for the guests. So now my friends are writing biogs. <laughs> For me, uh, which is good because they know a lot about <laughs> me that isn't on the internet. <laughs> but they do have fun with it. So there's like a trivia section and one of my friends put trivia... She's a dickhead. <laughs> That's not true, <laughs> That's fact. <laughs> so was it weird being being on the sofa when you'd worked back behind? Because you'd worked when, in yeah. the original version of that show, right? When it was, yeah. it was well, went to the Olympics, did it? Yeah, it yeah. no. I, my first series was... Rio. Right. So I went with them to the Rio Paralympics. Right. And then I worked on, I think, three series after that. But it was really lovely. What I'm doing now is so nice because... I I worked on the show, so when I come back in my new role, I feel like a part of the family. So they really champion me and they go, Oh, Rose is <laughs> back. So we just... Felt like a group of friends 
Chatters. That's nice. And they were nice to you when you worked on the show, right? Yeah. That would be yeah. good if they'd been dicks yeah. and then you'd come back. Oh, no. <laughs> She's just a researcher. She's yeah. not important. I got my revenge. <laughs> um, yeah, I said it on the show, but um, when I was a researcher, um, I think I was mainly there for morale <laughs> because Alex Brooker would walk past my desk when he was in the mood and they point at me and go, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Now who's laughing? <laughs> <laughs> and you and Alex did uh, the, the, what's it called, the slam down thing. Yeah, the, the roast battle. The roast battle, yeah, yeah. That was so fun, <laughs> but it got dark as shit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because I feel like when you got a disability, at a very young age, you learn how to make fun of yourself. Um, because I own my disability, and I'm very much like, oh, it is me. I can laugh at it, get on board with it, or fuck off. <laughs> um, and then when you got two disabled people <laughs> together, that's even darker. <laughs> so, and because we know each other. And we knew it was a bit of fun. We allowed each other to go there. Yeah. And we did. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know, this is the way that people get through any anything that's different yeah, in their life or yeah. any or any any you know anything that's difficult in their life it's, it's you, you need to be able to laugh I yeah oh, and so but, but that's but that's what i suppose people because you seem you know outwardly seems sweet but your act is not as sweet as you look i think is fair which is a great again it's yeah, a right it wrong fits the it wrong fits the audience right from the start I, um, because of their expectations yeah, as well right? yeah and usually when I perform, I um, like to wear a flowery dress and look quite feminine. And I think when, because I'm a smiley person and I wobble on stage and I go, hello, <laughs> I'm Rosie. People think I'm nice and cute. <laughs> so when I say something outrageous, I go, oh, <laughs> OK. <laughs> and it's that shock that I like to play with and I like to go, you think you know me, but... 
Yeah, don't. No, and people are very... I mean, I think people... It's a strange thing with disability, and I've noticed, yeah. I've worked with Scope for a lot of years, yeah. and uh, I know comedians like Francesca yeah. Martinez, and people are, are very nervous about yeah. disability and saying the wrong thing yeah. or doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's all, I think comedy is such a great uh, environment yeah. for someone to, because yeah. everyone has to listen to you for yeah. 10, 20 minutes, yeah. and, and they will listen to you, but also, you know, it's, it's about... I think a lot of people don't ever really... It's crazy, because so many people are disabled in some way in this yeah. country, and most people aren't, aren't meeting disabled no, no. at all, you know. So it's so they've got this prejudice, even if it... You know, yeah. or just, or just yeah. fear sometimes. Yeah, and I think even now, when I walk down the street, people do feel sorry for me, and it's... Do get patronised on a daily basis. So for me, doing stand-up comedy is me going. No, I don't want to be patronised. Don't feel sorry for me because actually, I got it together. <laughs> More than a lot of you, and <laughs> I'm proud of who I am, and I wouldn't want to be able bodied because this is me. Yeah, it's, fair <laughs> uh, it's true, and you know, I think that's that's it's, it's so important that that that's said and yeah. you know it's and because I mean I guess a lot if we were talking a bit backstage with yeah. last week's guest he's, he hung around it's embarrassing uh, yes <laughs> but it's he's like, it's a like, big fan of me <laughs> he is he said it was <laughs> but it's that you know people some people think you shouldn't make jokes about certain subjects that so people are yeah. uncomfortable yeah. disability is obviously one of those yeah. subjects that some people yeah. think some you know some people say I'd never like the old school comedians go I'd yeah. never yeah. I'd never have a go the crippled kids I'd never do yeah. that you know so it's yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... um, and I said backstage, it's all about who's saying it, why they're saying it, and who they're saying it to. And if you can justify that, nothing's off limits, and it's all about punching up another gay female with a disability and very much rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's a fair game. That's true. I mean, just being female is a disability <laughs> in, my, uh, in my book. Stop it! <laughs> Just in comedy, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, things have moved on, have they? <laughs> so you come from Bridlington. Did you grow up in Bridlington? Oh, yeah. What a shit <laughs> um, uh, No, it was a great place to grow up there. You got the beach. Yeah. You got hot donuts. 
Little blaze. Um, but then I think I got to 17, 18, and I was like, I don't want to work in a chippy. Because <laughs> that's all there is there. Yeah. Um, so I needed to... <laughs> Fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and Sarah Pascoe was a was a big support for you. Is that right? Yeah, from the beginning, really, because um, one of the first things I did in comedy was I did an award called Funny Women and. It was crazy that I got to the final and the final was at Coco in Camden in front of, I think, a thousand people. And actually, that was my tenth ever gig, uh, which is crazy <laughs> um, and my mentor for the final was Sarah so she's championed me really from the beginning That's great. and she's so lovely yeah she's all right I think <laughs> for a woman. For all. Right. <laughs> um, but it's great because I'm showing you. I feel that before I started in comedy, I had this idea that dressing rooms were very like aggressive and everyone was out for themselves and it's not like that and I feel that a lot of bigger comedians have been so supportive of me and it really feels like a family it's a <laughs> lot like, yeah, I'm the I'm the estranged uncle who isn't allowed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. A, there's a lot. I mean, I think that especially that generation. I think Catherine Ryan and Sarah yeah, Pascoe yeah. are so you know, and they're very much respected in the yeah. business. I think for being yeah. so helpful to other people and so supportive of other people. Yeah. But you know, the, you you've got to be, I think, as well, because yeah. there's no yeah. there's no point in creating barriers and shutting down because no, that's no. only going to impact badly on no. you anyway. But, yeah. And also, I don't feel the competition with anyone else because I feel like I'm on my own trajectory and I love comedy and I love performing every night. But actually, for me, it's all about the bigger picture. It's about making disability a lecturer to be subject and it's my opportunity to say to a 
room full of people. I got labels, I got labels coming out of my ass. <laughs> I'm disabled and gay, I'm a woman, I'm northern. But, uh, uh, that's the worst one. Um, but actually, beyond my labels, I'm Rosie, and what matters is I'm a funny, and hopefully I am, and uh, hopefully... You can watch me and then go back to your lives and if you know a disabled person or a gay person, you can go, oh, i got no, like, assumptions of what they can do and what they can't do because... It's like Rosie. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, I think with stand-ups, are so many people say to any stand-up comedian, I could never do that. That's the most yeah. terrifying thing in the yeah. world. So I think if someone sees anyone doing stand-up, they're going to go, oh, OK, that's changed yeah. my mind about yeah. that person. But also, we know that's rubbish. It is rubbish. Like, it's the easiest job in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I do get on stage. And I talk about myself. <laughs> it's amazing. Not everyone feels like that, Rosie. Yeah. That's, the way, that's what you have to understand. You have to understand the non comedic community. It's a very sad no. place to be. No. <laughs> Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Let me ask you an emergency question. I'm going old, I'm going old school. Oh. Going old school, early old school. 
Yeah, what, yeah. what is worse, Rosie? Bestiality or necrophilia? <laughs> Can I have both? <laughs> Can I fuck a dead cow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can then eat it afterwards. It's the be- that's the beauty of... I mean, you can do that with a person as well if you want. To be honest, if you're fucking a dead person, you might as well eat them. No one's going to... Oh, and then he ate you. This might might be the case if you worked on all these shows. Have you ever had the opportunity to assassinate a public figure? No, No. but I'd like to. Who would you go for if you could take one... Oh, it's so boring, but you go for Trump, won't you? And actually, I might do it because who's going to arrest me? (laughs) I've been a terrible disabled girl. Maybe. <laughs> You're saving him from prison, though, that's the yeah. thing. You've got to think of that. So. Damn it. Maybe I'll wait and then I'll kill him in prison. Okay, good. <laughs> You're in prison for having sex with a, an animal, a dead animal. Is it illegal having sex with an animal? But they're already dead. Yeah, I know, it's a strange... (laughs) Well, it's strange that people get... Again, they get away with eating animals and you can buy their meat in the shops, but, yeah, if you you fuck one, that's... Actually, no one would know. That's the Jimmy Sample (laughs) defence. Yeah. I know that's where they're... I mean, you don't have to buy the bits of it. You're going to do a Frankenstein kind of animal. That, go to a field, kill a cow, fuck it, that's it. Well, you can buy a whole chick. <laughs> you can. And then when you bought it, yeah. it's yours. <laughs> I would have thought if you I mean I don't want to have sex with animals so I'm having to put myself into the position of this person I mean it seems sick to me to have a plucked chicken if I was going to fuck a chicken I'd go and get a live chicken then kill it and then fuck it with all the beak and stuff I'd want the beak still to be there right you want the cloaca there right not just a big gaping. Boys. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just putting myself in the, in the mind. I'll ask you about, what would you? This is. A, this is an old school question. Would you rather be a cow or a badger? Oh. 
having having gone through this bestiality thing probably wasn't the best question yeah. to ask. Yeah. Now think for a second. Yeah. Would you rather be a living cow that isn't being raped by someone? By me. Or a badger. Yes. <laughs> or a badger that's dead oh. and you could fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she'd be trouble, this girl. I've seen her act. Charming. Um, not charming. Um, ooh, I think I'd like to be a cow. Would you? Because I want to know what it feels. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> I want to know <laughs> what it feels like to be milked. To be milked? You, you, can, be, you can still be milked, Rosie. You don't have to become a cat. And a badger can be. You can milk a badger. Can yeah, you? Yeah, you can very much milk a badger. It's a mammal. What? Teeth. <laughs> yeah, they've got little teats, I imagine. Yeah, I don't I'm not into badger teats, I don't know. I mean, they haven't got... If you want to know what like it's like to have an udder, yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah, feels fun. Yeah. Ah, knowing me, I probably milk myself. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try I'll try one more. <laughs> Have you ever seen a ghost? Matt Lucas has seen a ghost. Have you ever seen oh, a ghost? No. No. But I've smelled one. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it was a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually a lovely thing. It was my um, nana's best friend. We called her Auntie Brenda, and she was so lovely. And the day she died, I was in English, and she had this really old perfume. And I knew she was ill, but I, at that point, I didn't know she died. And I was working, and I smelled her, and I... Honestly, think she'd just come to see if I was okay, say goodbye, and off she went. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she came and sp- sprayed some perfume in your face. It's no, what's she doing? She's dead. Fuck off to heaven. So I'm going around. Spraying children with perfume? <laughs> the bad things to do. Oh, oh. <laughs> You're going to see Jesus. Yeah. 
keep that in and take out all the cow for me. You know, she's looking down from heaven. She's very proud of you. What you've done. I think we're committed to the cow fucking... So, you've been working with my friend, Rachel Stubbing. I love her. Yeah, she's, she's great. I did a short film with her, and I've done a couple of acting yeah, films with her. She's, she's great. Um, I mean, always in person, I tell her she's a dickhead. <laughs> but actually, she's in my comedy soulmate. Oh, that's great. So you're working on a sitcom with her? Yeah, so yeah. So this sounds like quite an interesting idea for yeah. show last year about the fact that when I was born I didn't breathe for 15 minutes which is a really long time so we're trying <laughs> no <laughs> not again and then <laughs> And because of that, I got brain damage. And because of that is why I got cerebral palsy. Um, so for me, it's fascinating that 15 minutes isn't a long time, but it's, it's actually... A short time for your whole life to change. And my first minute really did affect every minute after. So um, I like to think about who I would be if I was able-bodied because I wouldn't be here and the sitcom is a kind of sliding doors angle where it's two sitcoms in one and then one of them disabled and then one of them not and it's how Everything changes around me. And for my Edinburgh show, it was very much the idea that everyone thinks that able-bodied life is better. But actually... I don't think it would be because having a disability means that you need to be confident in who you are. And I feel like right now I'm in a place that I'm proud of who I am. And yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. It can't be worse than sliding doors. So it's... Uh, it's... 
But no, see, because it's, you know, like something, anything that happens to you, again, with Matt last yeah. week losing his hair yeah. as a young, as a young yeah. kid, yeah. that that completely changes the, the whole path of your life. Yeah. But yeah. then I think, again, not necessarily, at the time, you might think this isn't the best yeah. thing that could have happened. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. your parents were. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because in that situation, to presume your parents are just delighted that you've survived in the first yeah instant, man, because you've nearly it's the worst thing you yeah, can imagine is yeah, being your child yeah well, I was a first child and I were 26 right. at the time so younger than I am now and to have that joy of a child immediately being gone and from minute one they're saying will she survive yeah, like you can't even imagine it and um, they were incredible growing up and they always said to me, you be whoever you want to be, apart from a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Um, and, and I think from a young age, I was very determined and I said, you know, I'm going to uni, I'm moving to London, I'm going to work in TV, I'm going to quit my good job in TV and start stand-up. And for them, they're just always supporting me. And been there and gone, okay. <laughs> and I think obviously they've worried and they've, like, later on they said to me, yeah, we were shitting it. <laughs> um, but they keep it inside because they know that I need to go out and do that. And they are incredible. Yeah, great. Um, it's, well, it's, a, it's a very interesting idea. I mean, it's interesting to, to try and imagine where your life would be if yeah, that hadn't happened yeah, as well. Because so that's... I, I think we have things in common, but then I don't think I'd use humour as much as I do because even in school I was this loud person with a big personality because I never wanted to be oh disabled Rosie because that isn't me and Growing up, I was never bullied because I think people were a bit like, 
how could I bully her? Like she's funny, intelligent, and she knows who she is. Yeah. And I feel like early on someone said to me, you're not disabled, you're rosy. And, yeah, I feel like two minutes in my company when you tune in to how I speak, you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's true, but I think that's, that's the whole... All this experience I've had in the last uh, 15 or 16 years when I got involved with Scope, it's literally that. It's, you literally spend a little bit of time yeah. and then yeah. everything is just... There's, it's getting rid of the filters in your own brain, the yeah. prejudices in your own brain, yeah. and everything becomes normal. Yeah. And a school of... Disab- you know, even really severely disabled kids, yeah. it becomes a school... You know, you go and you've out for five minutes, it's a school of kids. Yeah. They're all the yeah. same as just other kids. It's- and I think for me, what I try to tell everyone is... If you're unsure of anything, ask. Yes. Um, and I feel like a lot of adults are scared to do that. And um, I love how children react to me because they do ask and they come up to me and they go, are your legs broken? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> um, oh. And then I get to explain it to them and they never think it's weird. They just go, okay. And... <laughs> That's how we learn. It's, it's me coming on stage and then I make people laugh, hopefully, but then they also learn at the same time and it's amazing how when I meet people at Gigs, they don't patronise me because they just spent 30 minutes in my company and that's all you need to know that I sound different, I walk different but actually I'm exactly the same <laughs> yeah. as you. But probably a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely funny. There was an article that I saw today which sort of listed the nine funniest women of 2018 or 2019 yeah. or something. And it's you're, you're, you scroll down and it's, you go past Phoebe Waller-Bridge looking kind of glamorous yeah. and Shappy Cassandi and different people. Mm. And they're all kind of quite posed, glamorous shots. And then the picture they've got of you is you wearing a hat with two beers on it and a straw, saying, yeah, I can do it. (laughs) And just pulling a goofy face. And you're the only one that made me laugh from the picture, so there you go. I love it, beer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
I mean, just but to not forget the the joke, the jobs to be funny, yeah. you know. So it's kind of all those people are great as well. I'm not, yeah. I'm not slagging yeah, them. It's just, right. it's, it's, it's just was just funny because you scroll down and then it's suddenly oh, someone yeah. is actually trying to make people laugh <laughs> in the vote. It's good. Um, <laughs> are you ever confused with uh, Rosie Jones, the page three model who's engaged to Joe Wicks? The yes. Uh, yes. Um, I um, I think it was last year now. I um, I read on BBC News. Joe Wicks um, is pregnant with Rosie Jones, <laughs> and I thought, am I? <laughs> um, yeah, I got a lovely little joke about uh, which is quite mean. Okay. I say there's a big difference between glamour model Rosie Jones and this. It's uh, my daddy loved me. <laughs> 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 you can literally get away with anything. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> my big feet. Uh, <laughs> but it's interesting when you Google, she comes down way down the list. Well, so you're right, that, the, you're that right at the top. It's so interesting because when I started out in comedy, it was so annoying <laughs> because. People would try to book me for TV shows and they'd go, oh, you should book Rosie Jones, she's hilarious. And they'd Google her and go, wow. <laughs> and then they get me lower down with the beer cans <laughs> and they go, oh, <laughs> disappointed. They might have got her, though, and yeah, vice versa. You might yeah. only be on TV because they thought that you were her. Yeah. Have you thought about that? That's true. And then you turned up going, oh, God, we've got to have to keep her on now. Oh, God. And I do actually feel sorry for her because she's... Not funny. <laughs> and I am funny. And I got great tits. <laughs> <laughs> I got it all. <laughs> I'm going to ask a couple more emergency questions. I feel very sorry for Rose, the other Rosie Jones. No, I'm sure she's lovely. I think she's, I think she's happy with her millionaire. Yeah, yeah. Multi-millionaire, I, whatever he is. I, I don't even know who he is, really. Who is Joe Wixie? Some oh, fitness guy or something? I don't care. Looks, why don't you do a sitcom about you and her swapping, uh, yes. swapping lives? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a single about me swapping lies with her. Yeah. And then I'm mad Joe Wicks. Uh, yeah. And they get through. Things are changing me for this in this <laughs> front <cast. laughs> 
I've, I've come to realise some things yeah. about myself. But uh, wait a minute. Yeah. Did you mean to book like yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> but you're right, she wouldn't have been funny. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't ask. Uh, have you seen the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it a- I was going to, I've just, I've, I've gone down that Adam Sandler furrow <laughs> enough. Um, I was going to ask about Adam Sandler, but would, do you like Adam Sandler? No. Okay, good. <laughs> That's all I need to know. Has anyone you've had sex with had sex with someone famous? Bang! Yeah. Is it you? Me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem, we're talking slowly. Yeah, <laughs> I've got in there for... Uh, yeah, no. 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 I had loads of... I, I had loads of... Who? Every, pretty much everyone I've slept with, slept with... I just sleep with slags. Because uh, <laughs> I am one myself. Who's your biggest... I mean, I've slept with loads of famous people, so you know, I, uh-huh. it's hundreds of them. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever slept with someone called Rosie Jones? I haven't yet, no. This could be the, this could be the night. If I give Joe Wicks his wife a ring. Uh, I, reckon she, I reckon she might turn me down. <laughs> no one's interested in me. I'm 52 years old. Make the most of being young is what I'd, I'd say to you. Yeah, around 13 next year. Yeah, that's so young. That's old. It's so young. My yeah, goodness. It is. Are you in a relationship at the moment? No, I quite like being single. Do you? Shagging. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, now I've been married for 11 years. I look back at the way I used to behave, and you're right. <laughs> it's, it's my, it was much better. <laughs> Mainly because you can just sleep beyond 5.30. Oh, yeah. so young going to bed at 5.30. I know. I was, never in... <laughs> I was never interested in that. I was never interested in staying up. I could really? Stay... Yeah, I always wanted to go to sleep. So it was good when I didn't have kids because I could go to sleep. Yeah. And I did. And I slept through my 30s. Damn it. And then dreamt about sleeping with famous people. Uh, yeah, I slept with... Um, Angelina Jolie. Which one? <laughs> the, one the one in my imagination. Um, don't even particularly like her. Um, so, don't know why she's... I couldn't think of any other famous people. That's how, that's how Rosie much... That, Jones. Rosie Jones. Rosie Jones. <laughs> actually a third Rosie no. Jones. Yeah. And she's a professional golfer. Mm. Yeah. She wrote me a letter Did one she? time and said, Hello, Rosie Jones. We got the same name. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Did you write back? Yep. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, one more emergency question, and we're going, I've got to ask you about your acting career. Um, they're, not, they're all rubbish, these ones. The, new, the new book's much better. Um, <laughs> so I've got I my need eye. about 
cows. There aren't about cows. I can't work out. I'm really, I, might just, I might just be... Uh, what, I'm going to ask this question. Why do they call the place you put your fresh bread a bread bin? And what do they call the place where you dispose of your non-fresh bread? <laughs> Don't remember writing that. <laughs> that's like a joke, isn't it? That's, that's not like me. A bin. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bread bin. Um, right, if Abraham... No, I won't ask that question, that's stupid. If you, oh, this is a better question. If you had to permanently seal up one of the holes in your body... I'm not including the pores in your skin or hair follicles, so don't be a smart-ass. If you had to, which hole would you permanently seal up and why, and what would the repercussions be? One nostril. One nostril. You don't need it. <laughs> OK, it's a good answer. I'm surprised. You, went, you, you took the high road. Thank yeah, you. I wasn't expecting no, it. No, no, I quite like my bum holes. Do you? It's quite a thing. Yeah. It'd probably be a mistake to, to permanently <laughs> fill it. No, no. Yeah. And I love all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> they're all useful in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot I don't know about women. So it's. Um, a lot Thank God I'm married. Um, and let's talk about. You, we talked a little bit about your acting. You've also been in Silent Witness. That's, uh-huh, that's a class yeah. in the doctors. What were um, you in Silent Witness? Oh, it's a bit dark. Oh, good. Is it really dark? Yeah. Are you a dead body? No. Okay. Worse. A live body that was. I don't really want to go there, but I love it so. (laughs) Basically, it was a great storyline, but it was difficult because I played a um, a character who had learning difficulties and she was in a care home and she got abused by a carer. Not really comedy. (laughs) And um, it was a great moment for TV in general, actually, because it was the first time on a primetime TV that three of the main cast were disabled. And it's awful, but there is still abuse in care homes, so... It was my first acting job and it was a real important job, actually. But because I tried to make light of everything, because when I was acting, it was so... Dark and a lot of the crew 
was sad and upset. I felt like it was my job to be the light, be the comedy. So we tablets really awful, sad scene, and then they would shout, cut, and I go, and they up really being raped. It's all right. And then... And then because it became second nature to me and I needed to make light of it, my friends would ring me and say, do you want to go for lunch tomorrow? And I go... Oh, no, not tomorrow. I'm getting raped tomorrow. <laughs> but I can do Friday. You're lucky you're cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But that is so that representation thing. It's kind yeah, of crazy, though, isn't so it? So great, and it's actually why I got into this weird business because growing up, I would turn on the TV and I wouldn't see anyone like me and if I was ever a disabled person it would be the token disabled person and they're very much either be the victim or the villain (laughs) like the Bond villain and I'm like somewhere in between. <laughs> uh, You're closer to the villain. The yeah, villain. yeah. Give me a cow. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the villain. Um, so really, it got me down. But then I thought, well, I'm gonna be that person for a younger generation and I feel like I mean I work hard and I get knackered a lot and as a comedian sometimes it feels quite thankless and sometimes it makes me think why am I travelling eight hours for a gig to 12 people for, like, 40 quid? Why do we do this? 
And I now get a message on Twitter or an email that says, um, from a man or a woman saying, we're going through a difficult time, we just found out that our baby has a disability and the future for us is actually quite unknown and we don't know what to do and we don't know what their life will be like and actually we just put on Facebook and we've seen one of your videos and for the first time it made us laugh and it made us realise that, yeah, their life will be different and difficult at times but it doesn't mean it's not worth it. And, yeah, it makes me go, oh, yeah, what I do is for that, for that bigger picture, and I will gig every single day because... Every gig I'm making a little bit more of a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Um, no, it's true. It's good. And it must be hard doing the travelling, though, is it? It's, it's, yeah. I mean, just access is so terrible. Yeah. Um, it's so, so difficult at times because a lot of comedy clubs are quite inaccessible and I'm lucky that I'm not in a wheelchair but even so, a lot of stages there is steps and there's no railings and um, no one ever thinks about that and because I'm quite easy going I'll usually just say to the MC oh could you come and give me a hand up and that's fine But actually, it's not ideal because my whole act is about not needing help and being proud of who I am and actually saying, I got it good. And that can be sometimes undermined if the audience had just seen me needing help. So ideally, just one rail will mean I can have the audience 
I don't understand why people aren't more concerned about this. Yeah. A, because you're likely to be disabled at yeah. some point yourself anyway, yeah. whoever yeah. you are. Yeah. B, you know, if you've got kids, then yeah. you need access to places yeah. as well, which most yeah. people have kids. So there's all these reasons why access should be better for, yeah. for everyone, and yet people don't seem to... I mean, I know it's expense yeah. and it's all that yeah. sort of stuff, but, but it's, it's very important yeah, to... it's so important because... Even when I performed in Edinburgh, I was like, well, obviously I need an accessible venue for me (laughs) and my audience. And actually that slimmed down my choices. Yes. Because not every venue was. No, I mean, some of them are pretty inaccessible if you're, oh, if you're yeah. a mountain climber. Yeah. So, <laughs> seriously, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, I'll be collecting for scope and I'll be at the underbelly and you go, yeah. this, is, this is a terrifying yeah. venue yeah. to be in if I, if I know I can run up the yeah. stairs. Sometimes, if my ankle is playing up, I'll use a walker. And in Edinburgh, yeah. with a bloody cobbles, <laughs> I'm like, everyone looks at me and goes, oh, you're the comedian that gets stuck everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they should raise the whole thing to the ground and start again. So, yeah. uh, it's, talking of Edinburgh, are you going to go to the Fringe in 2019? Yeah. Good. Why? I don't know why you're doing it. I think I am... I said I would go before I realised I was saying yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's happening. Um, But I'm quite excited because it'll be my... Second hour, so I feel like last year I talked a lot about my disability and how that affects me, so it's quite liberating for me to go, right, you get, you get it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the you know, it's, and the importance to be allowed to do that as well. Yeah, it's really difficult when you know. I think for any comedian who has to explain something at the start yeah. of of the, what they are, yeah. you know, it can be. I mean, I'm performing in Finland and I'm British. It can be yeah. things like that. Yeah. You need to, yeah, you know, it's very difficult to then move on to the next yeah. show that is yeah. about another aspect of your yeah. life. Yeah, but, um, but luckily. As a disabled gay woman, there's a lot of areas. It's true. <laughs> I like to tick a box. <laughs> well, look, Rosie, I'm going to have to wrap up because no. uh, the, we are. It's time's 
Time's flown by. It's been in some fucking hell. Some of us have got to drive back to Hertfordshire. Uh, <laughs> Not me! <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for everyone for staying and uh, seeing these long podcasts. It's been brilliant. Ladies and gentlemen, Rose Jones! This one, it's this one. You have been listening to Raha Lastapa with me, Rich Herring, and my guest, Rosie Jones. Thank you to Pest for playing the guitars and the music and drums and stuff. It's been good. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you to everyone at ACAST there. Those guys are nice. Hope you're enjoying their contribution. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Stripe and so on. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. This is a fuzz. GoFasterStripe.com and Sky Potato Production. Go to richherring.com slash gigs to find out if I am coming to a theatre near you with this stupid show. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.